Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. everyone and welcome to another episode of progress report updates and conversations from the government information service my name is ivan kana my co-host glenniva hodge and we have the honorable premier dr ellis lorenzo webster back with us today thank you very much premier for coming back on the show so soon it's a pleasure <laughs> thank you very much all right so we're gonna we're gonna touch on on health today health is wealth um mm-hmm. To say that means so much. There's a lot of things that are going on globally where health is concerned. We're still on the tail end of a pandemic. Um, Angola has its fair share of concerns, its fair share of programs and things that people want to know about where health is concerned. So we have the Honorable Premier, who's also the Minister of Health, here with us today. And we're just going to talk it up for a bit so we get... Mm, a little bit of a health checkup. I like that. If you want to call it. Yes. So welcome, Dr. Webster. Thank you for being here with us again. Like I even say, you are our first repeat guest. Yeah. Yes. So awesome. we are happy to have you <laughs> with us. And so let's get into, like I even said, a health checkup. Yes. Awesome. So broadly speaking, um, we are on the tail end of a pandemic right now. Well, we hope. You we know, hope. We're not sure about <laughs> that, but we're certainly better than we were. <laughs> better than we were. And I tend, to, I tend to speak very positive and I affirm. So Good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the check. Right um, but we've fared very well, if we, if we must admit. We've seen the conversations about the non-vax and the vax and that debate that people try to have played out in public. And one of the things that I, I told people is and it's something that you said over and over. Anguilla wasn't in a position to take on that level of a health crisis. How many beds did we have in the isolation unit? Uh, do we have? <laughs> well, <laughs> we have? Well, we have um, 10 beds. 10 beds. Um, eight ventilators. Eight ventilators. Yes, and certainly there were times when all the beds were filled. That is and true. And some persons were on ventilators. That is Thank true. Thank God. Um, you know, we've come, so far we've come through okay, but... We had pe- nine people died, that and that's certainly nine too many. And you said that over and over, Premier. So, so for me, um, just before we dig a little deeper into where we're at, uh, where health is concerned right now, I, I want um, the listening public to understand that these measures were not taken to ostracize or isolate anybody. Oh. Because truth be told, and I heard... We have some doctors, Anguillan doctors abroad, that spoke to this. Like, Anguilla, you don't want to be full-blown with this thing, you know? So it's, it's, it's a little disheartening um, that some things like that can be played out when the rationale is there. Um, when we have so many people at risk, 
I, I applaud the closing of the, the senior citizen homes from visitors. I applaud closing the schools. Those things were, I think, they, those helped us to feel well. What do you think? I, I agree. And, you know, it's... It's unfortunate, and it is human nature. And I'll say that we, I don't think that there'll ever be an issue where everyone, <laughs> you know, can agree and will say we're going to move in this one direction. And, and so I, we, we saw a lot of that play out. We oh. saw it playing out on a global scale, not just locally, but we saw it playing out. My question would be, how do you feel about the politics that played into pushing that narrative. Because, again, not just locally, but we saw that play out internationally as well with the way that politics had a role to play in in that great divide, if, yes. I, if I may. Certainly. You know, and, mm-hmm. and you would think that COVID was a health crisis, uh-huh. is a health crisis, and it should have stayed as, as that, but it became right. a political football, right. you know, because... You could fall on either side, whether, um, you know, you believe that it was real Uh and whether you think it was man-made or that it was formed in a lab, whether you think it was China versus America, etc., or whether you think that you should take the vaccine or not. These issues, certainly individuals can agree uh, to disagree. But when the science shows that the vaccine would help, Right. to decrease the chance of infection, to decrease, decrease the chance of transmission of the yeah. disease, and also to decrease the chance of severe disease and hospitalization and death, I think that people should have accepted that more. And I think we would have been better off and further ahead right now yeah. if, that had not been the, if that had been the case where people accepted it. And certainly, you know, I see COVID as one of those things that could have decimated Anguilla. Wow. Could have wiped out the country. I mean, you saw what was happening in other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, oh, hundreds, thousands, millions of people have died. Yes. And if in Anguilla we had had severe community spread, yeah. just imagine how many people would have died. We had a healthcare system that before the pandemic was not ready. We did not have an isolation room. Right. Uh, we had to take... Um, you know, basically half of the psychiatric unit and convert it into an isolation unit. Yes. Get 10 beds out of that. We didn't have the ventilators for that. Those had to be uh, brought in. A lot of this was donated by the United Kingdom government. Right. The PPs, personal protection equipment, the masks, the gloves, yeah. the testing equipment, yes. the tests themselves, yes. and then the vaccines came. And so, so I think that all in all, we have fared fairly well. But we could have done better. Yes, I I, I agree, and I I don't want to segue, but I'm I, I I'm touched by a story of a close friend, um, and he he has a a video on YouTube. I remember when I started talking to him about the vaccine, he was like, yeah, he doesn't trust the mRNA stuff. Um, he's gonna wait a bit. He's gonna see what comes out of Cuba, and then he he ended up catching COVID and like almost died, like. Like, literally almost died. Like, I would share his story with anybody. And then is when it got really, really real for me. Because I'm like, this is somebody I talked on a basis. Then he just fell off. Yeah. And uh, another close friend of ours, a mutual friend, I considered these guys my brothers. And they was like, okay, well, yeah, he got COVID and he's hospitalized. And it doesn't look good. So now you're praying and you're hoping. And you're praying and you're hoping some more. Mm-hmm. 
And then when he's out on outside of it, you know, he he actually told his story. He was like, yeah, get the vaccine, protect yourself because this yes. is what it is. So for me, I understand the wait. What do you call that stuff again? The um, conspiracy theories, <laughs> if you want to call it that. I understand people's positioning on a certain issue. You're free to make your own decisions, but. At some point, you just go to the doctor, and nobody could tell me what's in their high blood pressure medication, but they take it. Certainly. Nobody Certainly. could tell me what's in, what's in, what, what goes on when you go there for an emergency and they put some stuff in your arm, but all of a sudden you feel better. And, right. But you mm-hmm. take it. But to play in public debate, and I'm not getting in anybody's opinion or anybody's mm-hmm. face, but I'm just saying like we can be a little bit more responsible and get our news and our communication from a reputable source. Agreed. Because like that back channel from from YouTube, where, where they have this dark room and this, and then the radio stations that would play out with all the epidemiologists and part time economists and everybody else and global strategists all in one in capitulation. I I would just stay away from that. But when I hear talk about that much more, I just needed to please that. I, I, I can tell you needed to get that off your chest. I needed to get it off your chest because I still see some of it trying to play out. Yes, and it's disheartening. Yes, it is. Um, but we, I'm hopeful that we've passed through the worst of it. Me too. Pretty. And that we are looking forward. So the question is, we know we know where we've come from. We yes. know what we've dealt with. Yes. Where are we now? Um, I know that we have, as a country, we've lif- lifted mass mandates. Mm-hmm. Yes. I even spoke a little bit about um, the restriction on visits to the yeah, senior citizen's home. Citizens home. Yeah. Where do we stand on that? Are those visitations still restricted? Are they open? I know... You know, there are persons with loved ones who have not right. had that interaction for yes. some time. So yeah. where where are we on, on that? Uh, well, certainly, as you know, we still have uh, closed borders to unvaccinated visitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we are watching and looking at persons coming in right. uh, to see, you know, we still allow um, unvaccinated residents of right. Angola to come in. And we are monitoring to see what the positivity rate is. We have picked up persons coming in who test negative outside, and yes. when they get here, test positive. Or when they're ready to leave, have tested positive on the outgoing test. Right. So we know that we're not completely safe, right. but we are looking at and trying to uh, measure the risk. In terms of visiting to senior citizens' homes, that is doable for family members, of course, uh, now. Uh, the mask mandate is lifted, except, uh, you know, businesses can choose yes. whether they want uh, persons to be masked when they come into their establishments. Certainly, we recommend that enclosed, uh, you know, offices or buildings uh, with poor ventilation, right. that masking is still, uh, you know, should be um, the role, should be done, especially if you can't social distance. That is true. Uh, in terms of uh, the hospital itself, uh, there was a time when we didn't allow elective surgery. That is now possible. Nice. Still test when you come into the hospital if you're going to be admitted or have surgery right. to make sure that you're COVID negative. And we want to protect everyone, especially our frontline workers. And, we, and our vulnerable, the elderly especially. So in multi-generational homes, we do recommend that um, 
cost if possible, social distancing, uh -huh. but also know your status. You know, if you yeah, if you feel that you've been exposed to someone with COVID or the possibility of COVID, get tested. It's available at the Ministry of Health. Right. Uh, it's free to go and get that type of testing, and and and, and that's what responsibility, personal responsibility, mm -hmm. is the word of the day. Right. Do that. And um, I think that we can protect ourselves. And that's that's something important to note. You know, the testing is free. You're on island. You're feeling that's a little right. sniffles. If it ain't the sinus, like I just have to struggle <laughs> with, you know, and you've probably been exposed, just go get tested. It's exactly. the responsible thing to do. Exactly. Is is this our way of saying this is how we live with this virus? Definitely. Definitely, you know, I think the world has come to that conclusion. It's not going away completely. Uh -huh. uh, we have to live with it. But we do it in that um, safe manner, and we have to, you know, do the hygiene measures. Right. We have to make sure that we social distance as best we can. But we don't want to be shut down like we were. We want to get back to our usual activities. That we want to true. be able to do the boat races. You want to be able to, you know. So, go so you must know, I'm not going to cut you off from here, but you must know boat races are talking here that I actually have to abstain from the last show. I was made to be silent because I'm touched on light and peace, and I say something about a UFO, and then there's people in my inbox talking about a UFO. I ain't calling Cam name, but I'm just saying that. It's touching. So if you're ready for that talk, especially given that, you know, we're coming off the Angola Day boat races, we can have that talk. I understand. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard when you, you know. I know. Let's leave it right here. Today is about health. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's important for our listening audience to understand some context. Uh -huh. We are having this conversation Prior to the Angular Day boat race, uh -huh. yes, it will be aired after the race, uh -huh. and so it, it, it is important that they understand that you know the biggest race of the year is coming up. It's important <laughs> that we understand that in all these things, let light be a guiding principle, and let there be peace. <laughs> I but, put that in every you know that um, you did say you're a positive person, optimism, uh, and so I will accept that for how you said it. But you know, win winning is also good for your health. Okay. Uh, flying objects. If I see a fly, uh, unidentified flying object, um, I may have to reach to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> so we get it back. So we get. So we get. Okay. So we're okay. getting right back okay. because I know I know if we allow you guys to go out on okay. the boat race talk, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have some high blood pressure out there. Well, we're gonna be far down the road. <laughs> Let's so, that. just getting back into it, um, one of the things that's interesting to me, and I know Ivan, we are at the tail end. I think this is Mental Health Month. Yes. May is celebrated as Mental yeah, Health Month, and yeah. we were really hoping to be able to do something on that, and yeah. hopefully we can still do so in the future. Yes. You spoke about utilizing space from the psychiatric ward to accommodate the COVID-19. What is that situation now? Where Where is the psych ward um, in terms of the space that's needed and any additional support that they are receiving? And was certainly, you know, mental health is important. Just before we go there, I just want to 
remind people that May the seventeenth was uh, you know World Hypertension Day, yes. and and we had encouraged people to come out, get tested, right. know their blood, um, know, the, know the numbers, you yes. know, know your blood pressure, and so that you can work. So still encouraging persons to get tested, go yes. to their doctor, go to the hospital, go to the clinics, get your blood pressure tested, so that you know where you are, because. To ignore that can lead to other issues. issues. But getting back to the psych unit, um, as I said, we had to take half of it to uh, do isolation. That uh-huh. is still the case. Um, we are um, now building a new dialysis unit. Okay. And with that, we want to expand that to include an isolation ward. Okay, nice. Um, so far, we've got funding from the UK for dialysis unit. And... Um, we expect, though, that we will make the building big enough so that when it's time, we can include the isolation ward in there and get the psychiatric unit back up to the size it was, modernize it so that it can care for the uh, the patients that are okay. in there. That's, that's excellent. The other thing I wanted to say is that we've also put in the budget for this year to get a on-island psychiatrist. So we have funding nice. for that mm-hmm. and more nurses. Uh, because, uh, you know, if we ignore that uh, side of health, yes. we certainly will pay yes. for it in the end. That is true. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't allow um, our people to not, um, you know, to be seen early, get yeah. treated early, because then you can bring them back as functional members of society. That is that is true, and I, I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate that that's the forethought with that is concerned, because this is something that even I... Uh, very concerned about we've we've spoken about it off camera off mic, um, and we're gonna we're gonna bring in some folks to talk yeah, about it definitely. because it's something that that's really prevalent in our society. It, if we it must is, say it is, and and, and you know, it, it, just mental health as a whole, and we're not speaking necessarily to the extremes, no. and you know. It's the things that we don't speak about. It's the things that we don't, and mental health is one of those things that you don't see. Yeah. And it's the Not unseen, until it's too late. right? Yeah, and it's late. the unseen, yes. and mm-hmm. you know we're gonna we're gonna bring this topic back. But I wanted to just speak just a little bit more on it in terms of legislation surrounding mental health. Um, do you think that what we have is adequate? If it's not adequate, are there plans to address um, what is there? And I don't think the legislation is adequate. And we have to be able uh, to modernize the legislation uh, because the areas where we know there are persons who have mental health issues yeah. and they're allowed to be on the street walking about and yeah. there's no legislation that allows um, anyone to be able to bring them into a center uh, involuntarily right. unless they're causing, uh, you know, this social, this social disturbance. Yeah. And so I think that that's necessary. You have to be able to uh, to identify persons who have uh, mental issues and get them into a center where they can be counseled, yeah. they can be treated, so that they can be, you know, reintroduced uh, into society as functional individuals. And I think this is this is humane. This is it what is. is necessary. It is, because I remember when I was going, a young boy growing up in Valley School, there was a young man that used to walk around. And everybody was scared of him uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, you know. Yeah, well, and then, we're yeah. horses, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know. And then, <laughs> and then he eventually, his family took him yeah. up and took him mm-hmm. out to the States. And I think he's, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word reform, but I think he's had, had some improvement and and functioning in society. I'm not sure mm-hmm. you can't quote me on that. 
But I've seen still on the opposite end now a number of people just sitting in front of grocery stores, walking the street, and it's right. getting if you're being if you're being honest, it's getting there are two young men walking the streets right now that could use some attention. Exactly. You understand? I, 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 there's, there's, I don't want to get too deep into it because that's I, I, not what we're here for. But, but, but it, is, it is a concern. It is a concern for communities. It's a concern I, I can remember clearly a mm-hmm. few years ago. And it's the reason why I speak about the legislation because it's been years where I've yeah. heard that the legislation was not in place to be able to address um, some of these issues issues. Yeah. There's a well-known case, and I, I do not hesitate to speak this openly. There's a well-known case of a, a, a gentleman in the western end of the island yeah. who's known to frequent the public roads, yeah. naked, yeah. Um, collection of garbage. Yeah. It, is, it, yeah. it becomes, at, at what point do we say let's step in. Let's step in. As a country, we have a responsibility to all citizens. Definitely. And so, Definitely. It, again, we're going we're gonna to come back to this because it's so heavy and I think it deserves a show in and of itself. Yeah. And there's, I agree. There, there's, I agree. So many, there's so many facets to it. Um, I mean, you know, when we came into administration, uh, you know, we found that in the uh, secondary school, that uh, one in five students had either contemplated or attempted suicide. Wow! I mean, these, think about that. Wow! And then, so, so, yeah. so we need to have the oh. counseling. We need to have the exposure. We need to let um, the people know that um, this is important and an important part of health, and and that there is a move towards that. And even Her Excellency the Governor has taken on that this is mental health is one of the pillars of health that needs to be addressed urgently. Premier, that is, that is, that is too much. I, that is too much. One in five. One yep. in five, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. The, yes. This, that these, is too much. These statistics are not new to me. It is heavy. It is... Yes. And... I understand. So as we, we, we can just... I, I don't want I, to table wanna, it, <laughs> but you can see, you know, it, it is it is filling me with emotion yes, because I have seen it. it. I have seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, 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 we're looking at mental health. We're looking at drug and substance abuse. Uh, and, yes. and, and so, Ivan, I know it's usually you that have to tell me Ooh. we're going to bring this back. But today we're going to we're going to. Definitely put that on the table for a, yeah, a show that's going to come up soon. Wow. And I, I, it is very difficult to segue from that back into health. Yeah. Be, I, 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 and when I speak about health, I mean the physical health. Yes. yes. But just like how mental health is a specialized area, we have a need for other specialties and specialized areas within health. Yes. Where are we um, in terms of looking at specialized clinics? making sure that we are being able to access and as as a nation being able to access those specialized clinics. Oh that's a good question, excellent. And and, and you know one of the um you know I don't want to say promises, but one of the things we talked about is having more specialists in Anguilla. And uh, we've looked into it. Certainly uh you know the health authority um, is limited in terms of funding, right. and you know government subvention is over twenty million dollars, and with COVID, uh, that is you know the emphasis over the last two years has been to um, you know 
cover COVID so because we know that that was the immediate and urgent threat. And now we are looking more at the general health, the non-communicable chronic diseases, and and, and those are, you know, you need specialists for those. The other thing that we need specialists for is trauma because we have a lot of young people or even elderly who fall or maybe in accidents and have injuries, and then they have to be shipped overseas Mm because we can't provide orthopedic services. Uh, And the medical treatment overseas budget uh, has already been busted, <clears throat> and oh. it's only May. And and so if you know, for the rest of the year now, we have to do a supplementary budget to move funds from elsewhere right. to cover medical treatment overseas. Uh, and, um, you know, at times we've had over 20 persons um, out of the country um, getting treatment, and government has to cover those because even if persons sign saying that um, they will... Uh, you know, pay pay back, Mm -hmm. government still has to put up the money up front. Now, what that requires is if we want to do a supplementary budget, we have to either move funds or we have to then ask the UK to allow us to, um, you know, increase our expenditure. Right. And so to increase our expenditure, you have to find the funding somewhere. Now, because, um, you know, accommodation tax has, um, you know, collections have been better than anticipated. We are hoping that we can do this in short order to make sure that that medical treatment overseas budget is um, filled back up because we'll continue to have persons who are sick. But what we need, we need a cardiologist, somebody to deal with hearts as well. People get older, as they get more um, NCDs, we have to be able to treat them here in Anguilla. We can't afford to keep sending them overseas. Mm -hmm. We have to have, uh, you know, one of the things right now, general surgery. And we've had difficulty attracting a general surgeon to Anguilla because what we offer as salary is not enough to to attract uh, persons to recruit them here. Uh, What we're proposing is that we have to allow... Uh, you know, specialists, if they come, they work part-time with health authority and they work part-time privately yeah. because that's where they can supplement the income. Now, that has not been um, looked on favorably in the past, mm-hmm. but it is a model that has worked in different jurisdictions. It works in the U.S., it works in St. Thomas, and, you know, works in St. Kitts. Um, yes. and, else. and I think that's something that we have to look into because we have to be able to attract uh, specialists here so that people can be treated here. It will cut down on the cost. That's what and I was just about to say. Like, the money that we spend going off to Colombia, Santo Domingo, even some to the States, Puerto Rico, and elsewhere, over the years, like, I know people that come to Anguilla for for dialysis because they can't get an appointment in St. Martin and it's, and it's cheaper here. Right. Like, mm-hmm. extremely cheaper here. I met people that come here for this. Mm-hmm. So, like, does this mean then that we can look at expanding our medical services here and being somewhat of a hub for something, a specialist environment in the Caribbean? Is that something that we can look at? Well, you raised that point, and that's something mm-hmm. right now we've been... Uh, Talking with uh, Health City Cayman, okay, to um, you know to look at a model where we can uh, you know provide those services here in Anguilla, uh, not only for our own people here, but persons coming in from the outside, kind right. of a medical tourism model. Right. Okay. And so yes, um, you know they've been here up until just last week. Uh, okay. people, we've also 
going to get a review of the health authority of Anguilla to see if it's um, you know meeting the needs of the people. Right. Because right now we feel that this is the service that is possible. You know, one of the goals is that we want to move the health authority back under the Ministry of Health. Okay. Um, oh. That was supposed to happen already. Why it hasn't happened yet is because we are so concentrated on treating COVID or mitigating against COVID that we didn't want to disrupt the service through the administrative aspects. But that is uh, the committee has been named, and it's just a matter of meeting to discuss how best to do that. One of the things that that requires is we do an analysis of the hospital, the the, um, the public clinics, health in general. Right. And um, we're talking with um, Health City Cayman now to look at it from that holistic approach right. to determine what's the best way to deal with healthcare services in Anguilla, how to provide it, how we can have specialists, whether um, they are seconded from there to us or we get our own people in and that we are paying for that then can also do private practice to supplement the incomes. Right. Because the goal is to have those healthcare services provided in Anguilla uh, for Anguillians and also to attract others in so that that can provide the foreign direct capital that right. is necessary to support those services. Right. You actually touched on something that uh, I've often wondered about. If you combine, uh, if you look at the BOTs and the population within the BOTs specifically, individually, it's not great. Correct. But if you combine the populations um, of the, the various BOTs within the region, do you think that it would then be feasible to say if you were to combine Monstrat, BVI, Anguilla, and TCIR, Cayman, um, and on a rotating basis... You say, well, okay, Anguilla cannot afford a cardiologist full-time, but if we were to share our cardiologists one week in each of the BOTs within the region, and then you, you, you circulate. So the cardiologist, you know, the cardiologist is in Anguilla the first week of every month, and they hold clinics. Is that something that, you know, at your, the BOT leaders, I know you have those, those meetings, is that something that has been considered to be able to provide more specialist services at an affordable rate? Um, is, is that something that's been considered? The issue has come up, uh, certainly uh, having rotating specialists. Uh, one of the issues, maybe not for a cardiologist, unless you're going to put in a cath lab, uh, which is, would be very expensive, and then to do one in each territory and have the cardiologist going mm-hmm. that. Um, but orthopedics, if you think about it, would be very expensive uh, for one to be going to each different territory if they're performing the surgeries that are necessary because mm-hmm. of the cost of equipment. So it may be better to have one central one that, um, you know, that would do... So, so you have a center of excellence, say, for orthopedics right. or okay. a center of excellence for cardiology right. or center of excellence for nephrology, those types of mm-hmm. things. If you do centers of excellence and then the persons come, I think that you can do that in a more expedited manner and also um, what is cost-effective, more right. cost-effective mm-hmm. because then I think it would be cheaper. We can, uh, you know, subsidize those costs better. Right. If it's all done within that type of a network, okay, okay that's 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 excellent, and it's good to know that something like that is 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 at least on the table, mm-hmm. because I, I I often yearn for more collaboration, yes, um, where those things are concerned. Mm-hmm. We're only so big, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and shared cost <coughs> becomes little That's cost. Right. And um, we can even do it with, um, you know, the OECS or CARICOM. Right. I mean, these these are things I think as we realize that the cost of healthcare is escalating. Yes. And we have to, you know, mitigate for different diseases now. Yes. And I know that, um, you know, we're talking about monkeypox now. Yes. What's the next big pandemic that might be coming? Mm-hmm. Um, it may be necessary as a region yes. that we come up with these, uh, you know, where we subsidize each other uh, so that it keeps down the cost to okay, our people. I, I am happy that, that that's now made public, that that's the level of thinking and conversation that's going on um, because that collaboration right there is necessary yes. mm-hmm. in, on, on so many fronts. We struggle as I mean, a, But is, 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 it, is it something that, sorry, Ivan, mm-hmm. but is it something that's new because... People may not know in terms of the purchasing of medication. Is that not done on a collective basis through OECS? Am I mistaken on that? Um, no, that's correct. Yes, through St. Lucia, the OECS PPS does, um, you know, they do bulk purchase, purchasing and then the different, um, you know, islands will okay. get from that center. That. Um, mm-hmm. There is also um, a move um, for to reduce trans fats and foods that are imported into the region. I that is that, that, that yeah. is also, um, you know, has been tabled. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things. Also, food security, uh, you know, that uh, we want by 2025, 25% of um, food um, should that is imported, that uh, should be reduced uh, to, so it's only 25% yeah. imported into the region. So these are all um, different um, aspects uh, where the, the regional integration mm-hmm. is allowing us to think of ourselves through economies of scale right. as, you know, instead of mm-hmm. small island developing right. states, we're one big territory. Yes. And now if we can uh, work together to uh, to help each other, yes. which I think is necessary because we are one people. We're that just is, separated by bodies of water. That is true. And, and, and my thing is I remember back in Six Farm and economics, um, Miss Lice Hazel, she was my economics teacher, and she she gave when we did the economics the two units in Cape, mm-hmm. and we we looked at the macro first. Now mm-hmm. we got into the, the micro. micro. You know, there's where the appreciation of those things that you mm-hmm. speak about mm-hmm. happen, and I'm happy that you know things are being looked at at that scale. We we can be doing a lot more. Even other things are concerned. I'm happy to hear about the importation of foods and stuff because those things those things bust our budgets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and it directly contributes to our health. The type the, the type the type the type of food the yeah, type of foods exactly that we eat. Right. And, exactly you know, right. it, it it there is that direct correlation between what we eat and who we are. That is true. Yes. And and, yes. and the value of our health. So it's you know, it is important that we look at these things. And I I brought that up because I know that there are a number of persons who may not be aware that there is that collective buy-in, at, at least as it relates to medication. And right. I, mm-hmm. I thought it important that persons are aware yes. that this is currently happening, and I'm happy to hear that we're looking at expanding it into different areas. Definitely. So, so t- touching on the topic of um, you know, those regional shared costs and initiatives, I noticed that we have like a lot of nurses from off. 
I don't want. I don't like some throughout, the region. throughout the region. Yes, <laughs> our regional yes. counterparts. That used to bother me when I was in school. And I used to say, I, "Oh, you from Dong Island?" I do not like it. I don't like it at all. No, it is. It is. It is very xenophobic in nature. It's, and it's, it's something that I think that we need to actively work to eradicate from our vocabulary. You know, you know that 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 <laughs> point where your mother disciplined you, it just she gave you a look again. I wish she gave you. We're 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 not. We're not. She has a, she has a strap. <laughs> and, you spanked, right? and I'm just giving my story, but it's so rooted and all. Okay, yes, all right. Yes. Let and me it, get it, that. It is. So we have we have a number of nurses from our regional neighbors and family and friends, and everybody's connected. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we have a lot of nurses and doctors that are in Gwilion that are abroad in the mm-hmm. U.S. as well. Correct. Dentists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when they come home and they want to contribute, donate of their time and their services, is that allowed? Can you share anything on the procedure? How, how do we tell those out there, you know, when you come home on vacation... You grew up on the beach. Take two hours and go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> how, do we encu- how do we encourage that? How do we no, encourage that? Like how do we encourage them to say, hey, listen, um, there's a specialist case here that might just be able to use a second opinion. See if you can lend some time. Because I know a lot of them are willing to do that. Definitely. But where, where, where do it, they contact? Do they contact the ministry? Do they contact U.S. Minister of Health? Do they contact uh, Princess Alexandra Hospital, CEO? What's the process? And they can contact anyone okay. um, of whether the minister, the ministry, uh-huh. the health authority. Uh, certainly, we would encourage that. Um, you know, had, had, I've always said it should be reciprocal. If you're registered in the U.S., the U.K., and the Caribbean as a health professional, it should be automatic in Anguilla, provided right. that you you know your record is good. Right, and mm-hmm. you know if you're registered elsewhere, I think that that should be fine. However, um, you know, given liability and, right. and, and, and malpractice and things like that, it would be necessary to register to be able to work in Anguilla if someone's coming. Okay. Uh, nurses are not registered, but doctors, pharmacists, dentists have to be. And so okay. I was registered in Anguilla to practice in Anguilla since 1999, but I didn't come back to work in Anguilla until 2010. Okay. So these are the things that I would um, encourage Anguillians who are abroad to get registered okay. uh, so that if you do decide you're home on vacation, you want to put in some time at the hospital or put in some time in an office here or just, um, you know, health fears, right. uh, you know, to, to do preventive work, to do screenings then um, you're ready to do that. So I would encourage that. And, and there is a medical board that does, um, does look at the okay. applications, look at the credentials, and, uh, and give authorization uh, to be registered. That can be done. Now, if we have, you know, say, an Anguillian who's a specialist who is here, if we needed emergency services, certainly that can be done also. Okay. It goes um, to executive council and with the blessings of the board, right. and that would be um, can be done. But persons who want to volunteer, to volunteer, if you're a nurse and you want to come in and volunteer, I think that just requires you have to talk to a health authority, okay. and 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 then 
you know, they certainly would look at that. There's a chief, uh, well, there's no chief nursing officer in the Ministry of Health now. That position is open. Okay. Uh, but um, there is a director of nursing services at Princess Alexandra Hospital. Those can be worked out. Okay. okay. I, I, just one thing, mm-hmm. Glenniva. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, a couple of years back you had a number of doctors came in. You were going to the same thing. Um, tell us about that. Is that something that we can see again um, in short order? Yes, yeah, certainly. Certainly, and that was supposed to be continuous, whether annually or uh, every or twice a year. Uh-huh. And because of COVID, in fact, the last one we had was in. Um, you know, end of February, first week in March of 2020, uh-huh. just, before. just before the world, uh, you know, declared, a uh, health organization declared the pandemic. And I think um, that, you know, scared them, some people traveling at that time. Right. Now that we're getting back to where you don't have to quarantine when you come in, right. if you're vaccinated, boosted, um, I think the doctors are now, <clears throat> they have, been able to get back into their practices right. because they were practicing mostly by telemedicine. Mm-hmm. Now they're back in their practice, and so um, they should be able to travel again soon. And that will be, uh, you know, in short order, we're working on Excellent. getting another contingent. We've actually had offers from uh, the Panama Clinic. They had their marketing people were here oh, a yes. few months ago with Dr. Adams, and they have offered that they can send in some specialists to help us with these um, health health uh, fears. Um, you know, certainly uh, clinic in Colombia where right. we send a lot of our patients. They are willing to also um, send uh, specialists out to do some of those screenings, and, and and it's good for them. And and certainly um, the network that I'm part of um, will be doing that. So so in short order, we'll get back to that because uh, you know ounce of prevention is worth what, a pound of cure yes. and we believe that we have to get back where we are picking up these diseases early mm-hmm. so that you have a better chance of curing them right. mm-hmm. uh, rather than waiting until you know you have fun, full full blown disease and then all we're doing is doing palliative treatment which which is really depressing to me as a doctor yeah. you know the pandemic also had a, a another effect, and you hear about it internationally. How have we dealt with doctor nurse healthcare burnout post pandemic? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, we we're, we're getting into the heavy stuff. I'm you sorry, really but, that <laughs> but, but that is real, but that, it, it is, is a it real is, concern. A lot of I've had a lot of my peers have basically hung up. They had a stethoscope and said, we can't do this because they were pushing very hard from day one, even before the pandemic was declared. Mm. They were pushing very hard. And, and then throughout that time, you saw it was the frontline workers that basically were out there every day, every night, sometimes working without any rest for multiple shifts, yeah. multiple days. And, and there's a civic significant burnout. You know, uh, uh, nurses, doctors have died young 
and 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 so that is significant. Uh, it is something that the Health Authority of Anguilla has looked into. In fact, uh, the chairman, Dr. Bryan, did mention at the opening of the Central Polyclinic about wellness that. days yeah. and about you know on your birthday you get um, the days off. These these are these are little things that can be done, but they go a long way. Okay. Um, and one of the issues that we have with um, general surgery right now, recruitment is that we're expecting that there's uh, one surgeon who has to cover 24-7, 365 days a year. But that Can't is not possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have to listen for that call every day, every night, you know, you're sleeping with one ear open yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. you never know when the phone is going to go off yeah. and you have to go in. That creates a lot of stress that um, I don't think that many surgeons these days want to do that, especially for what we pay them here in Anguilla. I mean, you're basically paying here in Anguilla in EC dollars what they can make elsewhere in U.S. dollars. Yeah. And, that, and it's, not, it's not fair. So that is something that we're now looking at, how we can make it more attractive to bring um, surgeons, other specialists. I mean, look at the, we have one pediatrician right. in Anguilla. Mm -hmm. And I mean, um, you know, during the pandemic, she basically had worked without vacation yes. um, for over a year. I mean, it's not, it's not tenable and it's not sustainable. Right. We have to be able to medical people, healthcare professionals are human too. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing here, uh, Premier, that there's serious concern and an and effort being shown to fix the state of health in Angola. I'm getting here that we've been at a place so long where the, the things that we complain about, I think if people are listening now <laughs> and paying attention, they'll understand that it's not that we don't want to provide these services for our people. Correct. Financially, we haven't forecasted or budgeted or been a place to do so, and that's something that you're addressing now. Yeah, I like we, what you said, been a place to do so, because I think that if you think about it, and during the budget speech I alluded to that, Yes. $51 million that we have to pay in debt this year, uh -huh. 2022, if we didn't have that significant debt and debt servicing that we have to do, that is money that could have been used for those types of services. Yes. We could have paid for um, the specialists that right. we need and bring in the extra one maybe on a part-time basis that can relieve right. um, the ones that mm -hmm. are being overburdened, overworked. And then some people talk about the attitude of, of you know, health personnel that they may be a little short at times. But I said, you know, give them a break. You know, as if you walk in all week, every you day, can, you can say, it. like, come on, I, I, when I go home, right, <laughs> you, you can ask my sister, you can ask my brother, like, they can't ask me a question when I go home. <laughs> they can't ask me if I lock the Jeep or if it's raining outside. Yeah. They, 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 they have learned to speak to me in sentences because I get asked questions so much. And if that's me, imagine... Mm -hmm. Our nurses, you know, who has that somebody's life in their hands. In their hands, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. They don't ever come yeah. down. Yeah. Like I mean, mentally, it's a bit you can, like mentally yeah. you, can, you can't yeah. shut off. And, yeah. And so I, I, and, and I've noticed something that, that that you have spoken to on several occasions, just about the commitment of our healthcare professionals or civil servants. And it's a bit disheartening for me when I see persons, and I'm, I, I hope nobody thinks that I'm being political now. 
but it's it's something that, that grinds my gears when you see persons want to attack certain things that the civil service are the health professionals do and the decisions that are made when they don't have the information. That's like, right. These things are not made in silo. You have the technocrats that report to the, the department heads and then the PSs and then the ministers, and, and we've been getting that through the show. Like, the Honorable um, Parliamentary Secretary, Secretary, she didn't give us much being the bridge, <laughs> but she sat down and she spoke how everything connects. Right. And now yes. we're hearing from you, Premier, on, on how everything connects in health and where we're going yes. and how the relationships even throughout the region the Caribbean can, can pan out and work for us. So it's good to know these things. Um, it's good to see a little bit behind the, what do you call that screen? Behind the curtains. The in the hustle. What's that? The gurney? I don't know what it's called. Oh, man. I'm looking for, I'm, I'm just trying to say. Okay, I'm just trying to say. Are we behind the curtains? We are behind the curtains now. We're under the bright lights. We can see a little bit more as to what's going on in here. And we really appreciate that. I can't let you leave. I can't run out the show. We got about four more minutes. Without us talking about the MRI machine. Like, where are we at with that? Okay. Um, let us know. Yes, so MRI machine, and when uh, when Aurora, which was Cousinart, was being bought by um, Mr. Richard Schultz, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the best buy corporation in the U.S., and one of the things we put in the MOU was that there has to be a social project, mm-hmm. and at that time we felt that um, health care was um, paramount, the right. priority, and so... We got him to uh, commit to an MRI machine, Frank. And he has paid for it. Mm-hmm. It's right now in Dallas, Texas. Um, we got the... Uh, conc- so before they will ship it to Anguilla, they say we have to have a concrete pad uh, for it because okay. it's a containerized uh, MRI machine. Okay. So concrete pad, I got uh, Mr. Schultz's foundation to also pay for that. Okay. And that costs um, over 18 and thousand U.S. dollars um, to do the concrete pad because it has to be reinforced. It has okay. to be big enough for the uh, machine and the, what the the container it's in. Then um, the electrical connection, that was another fifty something thousand U.S. dollars just for the electrical connection. So I got Mr. Robert Seamus. He has a villa at Four Seasons. He's paid for that. Wow. So we got that done now, and now it's a matter of them finalizing uh, the machine and getting it shipped to us. That, you know, we're going to have to pay for storage, for shipping, to get it here, to get it plugged in. Right. we got to get um, our technicians, um, you know. An island to commission it, right. Exactly. And then we have to have those who are going to be working, doing Special the MRIs in the, um, you know, so, so health authority is working with me to get that done so that we have our radiographers trained to be able to do MRIs. And then we have to have a, radiogra- uh, a radiologist to read the MRIs. And so all of this we are working on happening in tandem. It's not just, you know, you bring yeah, it in, machine. plug it in, and, and you got a machine, <laughs> it's, it's and not it a looks liar. pretty. But think about what that will do, though. Right now, we have a lot of young people that are getting strokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Young people that have a lot of neurologic problems. They may have had trauma, or it just happens, and they need to get MRIs mm. to look at that. Because MRIs are better to look at soft tissue injuries, right. look at soft tissue diseases, and pro- rather than a CT scanner, right. which looks more at bone and better for that. So once we have that, then we don't have to send people to San Martin or to Antigua or to Puerto Rico or to Miami to get MRI. 
Rise or to the Cayman Islands. They can get them here. Then we have a better idea of the level of disease, the process that's going on. And then if we need to send them, then we can. But if it is something that we know can be treated here yes. and even treated with telemedicine, because now you can ship those images to a neurologist that somewhere or to, uh, you know, and then they can say, okay, treat this, 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 and this. It, it, that's how we do it, and, and it's really going to help. Village. It, it's a village. Yeah, exactly. You got Global it. So those village. are all the things that we're working on that we need to do. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. no, God, it is all interesting stuff, and I know that we are so close and out of time, but I cannot. You know, you brought something up because I've seen persons say, well, the MRI machine was donated, the pad was donated, you know, all of this stuff was donated, um, the electrical connection that you just spoke about. But they're going to still charge us a whole lot of money to use the MRI. But you just spoke about all those other things that are still needed. You need persons who will operate the MRI. You That's need right. persons who will read those images. And so there's still a cost associated. Definitely. Even though and the maintenance those... contract alone is going to be over $100,000 a year. I don't even want to cut you off, oh Ivan. But it, it it is the one thing that we have not spoken about. We we kind of danced around it a little bit, and we speak about healthcare costs increasing. Yes, and I know, and I'm I'm gonna bring this up. One of the areas that you campaigned on was to ensure that the elderly have access to free healthcare. Definitely. How soon do you see that being able to be implemented? Well. You know, if everything goes well, we hope in this year. Okay. Because it's in the medium-term economic fiscal plan. Okay. We just commissioned the actuarial study to determine what it's going to cost. Um, and if we can afford it this year, we're going to implement it this year. But you have to know how much it's going to cost. So what we're doing is we were waiting for the census to know how many 70 years and plus persons we had. But we can't wait for that. Um, yeah, kind of so push back, there. push back a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. So what we did is we get information from health authority, from the private sectors to find out, um, you know, what it has been costing to yeah. provide mm-hmm. care here in Anguilla for the 70 years and older. And then using that information, we've sent that to the actuary, and they will give us uh, an idea. They're saying within six to eight weeks we'll get all the information back as to the cost, uh-huh. and then we from there we'll then determine what we can afford, whether we have to do it in a phased manner, um, covering medications and then diagnostics and then uh-huh. medical and surgical, or if we can do it all at once based on what it's going to cost. So, Premier, I, I can't I can't let us jump over this because I, I, I this is what progress report is all about. This is this is for the record now. Another plug. And that's another. <laughs> so you're saying that we have to do this actuarial study. Yes. We were waiting on the census figures. Correct. We know the census was pushed back. Let's paint the picture for those of the census yeah. was pushed back. It was supposed to be done in 2020. Got pushed back. Even got pushed back a Again, little because uh-huh. of the by-election. Right. Yes. Good. So we can't wait any longer. Correct. Because we are concerned about our citizens, Definitely. our senior citizens. Definitely. So we we find out another way to get this information. And there's a great possibility within the next two to three months that we can have an idea of what we can do for our seniors. Correct. That's that's important to know. I want to touch back on something because I'm finding, you know, when when, when I started, I, I told you that I had this ambitious plan to ensure that Anglians read. 
and <laughs> we put out a lot of press releases and stuff. But jumping back to the MRI machine, I remember there was some conversation that the government denied a private practice here having an MRI machine. But that was not the case because government had one commission um, donated, so this practice decided to forego bringing in an MRI machine. Is that the case? Well, um, it's kind of, everything dovetails into each other. Okay. In fact, since that uh, machine was going to be donated, um, that private practice decided the one they were getting, they just basically turned it over and allowed the private, uh, you know, Mr. Schultz Foundation uh -huh. to give donate that one to the hospital. Mm. But that practice needed an MRI to uh -huh. do specific types of um, testing, diagnostics, okay. peripherals, so for an orthopedic uh, surgeon to be able to. And so they, we also passed in the house, um, you know, the duty-free concessions for them to bring in a separate MRI that has a specific purpose. So they don't compete with the one that goes to the Health Authority of Anguilla. But again, the issue was not that we didn't want the private practice or uh -huh. uh, we wouldn't have given duty-free concessions. It's just that if it's going to be donated um, to the government or to the health authority of Anguilla, do that, and then the private practice was able to get a complimentary um, you know, MRI that they could use for the specific purposes. Okay, so we so, have, have an MRI that's going to solve... General purposes. General purposes and one for specific purposes that's correct. on island. Both will be on island. Both will be on island. That's I right. think that's something and, to celebrate and, other than right. hearing that government is kind of trying to circumvent people's business. Exactly. And that is for the record. And that is for the record. <laughs> 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 but because, I mean, we, we, got, we got lambasted. You telling including me. Including by the past minister of health. You who, telling who, me. Who, about, who, I, got, I got lambasted. <laughs> I was just the one you, putting down. I was you, like, what? <laughs> you, you, would, you would think that, you know, I mean, it, it was really unfortunate that persons didn't understand yeah. um, what was going on before they jump to conclusions. And there's only one person that apologized. One person. Not the former Minister of Health. One person who had made a comment apologized for jumping the gun after speaking with the, yeah. the center that was bringing in the uh, machine. I, I, and I, 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 I think that Anguillians need to be fair. Yeah. And, and, and that's one thing that I find that I am disheartened by, is that if you jump to conclusions when you don't have all the information, yeah. when you get the information... Yeah, jump to the same conclusion. Exactly. I wouldn't touch that. I, I'm going to leave that right there. I wouldn't touch that because I could jump on something that, that literally was, was yeah. last week. But I'm yeah, going to leave that really. alone. As we are so far out of time. No, this is the premiere. We have to give the premiere time. The, the, pre the premiere gets its time. And it helps. And health gets its time. Because, time. again, yes. you, st you stated it so correctly. Health is wealth. Definitely. We definitely yeah. need to be concerned about the health of our nation. This definitely. is going to be an ongoing conversation. Yes. It is clear that the time that we have allotted is not enough to discuss <laughs> the issues um, as it relates to health. You know, just jumping back in there a little bit, we definitely are going to do a show on mental health. Yes, that's We're going to really take some time to look into that. Um, but, Dr. Russell, thank you so much for being here with us. This has been another informative episode um, yes. of Progress Report. And if you take nothing from our almost hour-long session, 
do you have to tell them that? <laughs> you know, I, if you if you take nothing from this, I think one of the biggest takeaways that will excite most persons is to hear that we are very close to at least implementing either in part or in whole um, free medical services for our elderly. And so that for me is a major takeaway and we look forward to having you back yes. again. Again, again. <laughs> and, and now that now that we've passed that and we we're, we're winding now now and I just want this is gonna happen before like we say we're taping now um a couple hours away from the race. I want predictions. I'm not gonna leave you guys leave here. Unbiased predictions. What do you think is happening in the Angola Day Boat Race? Ivan, you do realize that by the time this is yeah. aired, the, the, the race, the race will be over. and the talk will be happening. So I wanna know if somebody's gonna be seen as a prophet or somebody's gonna be seen as a betting man or a betting woman. I know you got light in peace, you already told me so last time. And the premier light unidentified li- flying objects. <laughs> the light and peace is home. The light and peace is everything. But uh-huh. the light and peace will cause me to reach in the hospital and to access those services <laughs> because they always give me heart palpitations. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought once you said UFO, that was it. <laughs> So who you got? You know, you I'm, I, 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 I am not a betting person. I'm not uh-huh. a gambling person. I, I tend to look at stats. Uh-huh. And if if the past years and past some recent past races have been any indication, um, I think we Dr. Webster is going to have to look out for the real deal on the Sonic. They have definitely been tearing up the waters. Um, I but think, I'm I still holding that, on hope I think for the member Taylor Roth to say that, you know? I think so. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, we got, we got, we got 30 seconds. seconds. Oh, and I'm going to say this. This is the top three. And in this order. Satellite, Real Deal, Sonic. Three, UFO, Lightning Peace. Cut it before she says anything else. Thank you for joining us on Progress Report. And we'll check these statistics after the race. <laughs>